Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Thank you for this opportunity given unto us to look at your word. Lord, we ask that even as we examine the word of God again, that you grant us insight, you grant us understanding. The word says, the entrance of your word brings light. Lord, help us that we might see the light of your word. That as the scriptures unfold, unfold unto our hearts, that the light of Christ will shine upon our hearts so that we can be true, so that we can apply and live by this light. Lord, we thank you. We pray for all our other brethren, those who are planning to join, that you bring them quickly. Those who are not able to join us, that Lord, you will be with them. You will encourage their hearts, you will challenge their hearts to keep loving you to keep increasing in their knowledge of you. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And um, we'll just, because we've been looking at Second Kings, studying Second Kings together, and we'll just go back to Second Kings this time around. Um, we are looking at, we have read that scripture and studied it several times. But it's good to still look at it um, Second Kings chapter six. You remember the axe head that fell. Mm-hmm. Let's go there. Um, at times when you when you look at that scripture again, you say, "Okay, what is what is there again to learn from it?" But I tell you, the word of God is deep. As long as you cheat with a hunger. Asking the Holy Spirit to shine the light of His Word on our hearts, we will always glean spiritual wisdom and knowledge that will be beneficial to our souls. So we look at that scripture again, Second Kings chapter six. I'll read from verse one down to verse seven. And the sons of the prophets said to Elijah, See, that where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please, let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So, he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. When they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So, the man of God said, Where did it fall? Or as King James says, Where fell it? And the place. So, he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, Pitch it up for yourself. 
So he reached out his hand and took it. May God grant us understanding as we as we look at his word again. As we examine scripture, so that we can grow in our knowledge of him and advance in our walk with the Lord. This is Elisha and the sons of the prophets. If you want to imagine, maybe this is Elisha with Bible school students or people who are training to be prophets themselves. This is Elisha with students who are yearning to also enter into God's work. You could call them servants of God who want to keep advancing in their work with God. And we, we, we see this group of students or sons of the prophets who were not satisfied. Look at the, 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 the issue. They, they told Elijah, see, in the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. They were conscious of where they were staying with Elisha. It was too small. And we can actually ourselves project this kind of discontent with our own relationship and work with God. I know they were talking about physical space in this scripture. But, you know, we can look at it for our, for our own spiritual application that they were not satisfied with their current situation. And, king, yes. I mean, the, the uh, King James says um, it is too, it's too straight for us. Yes. Which could have a, a, a significantly different meaning to small. Okay. Small place. Um, I don't know what it might mean. To me, it makes me think of, um, you know, the, the, the road is narrow, the road is straight, you know, the straight path and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's far too strict. It's far too, 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 too yeah, it, res- restrictive. Here, he said, the place where we dwell with you. Mm-hmm. So, I was thinking of, I was, how, how did King James say, you can't read the New King James, how did King James say? It says, uh, where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Yeah. So, um, the, yes. Straight there uh, means tight, as in straight jacket. Mm. Okay. Oh, is that how it's mm. spelled? But again, that's, that, that also can mean that we're too restricted activities. And we use that as a phrase, don't we? Straight jacket. It almost sounds like they just... Well, anyway, I'm just saying it could have been more than just the square footage. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... Um, as we keep studying, you will now be able to... Ex- you will now see where that word, straight or small, mm-hmm. um, it was a... Because when we study, we will yeah, yeah. yes, we will see what was going on. Because 
what they what they said here was that it was small for them mm -hmm. and they asked permission yeah you know if they were going to just go and misbehave <laughs> if they were going to leave the straight narrow way will they tell Elisha and say excuse me Elisha okay maybe they might some of them might be bold to miss to to tell Elisha and say um we are, we are not we are not interested in this restriction we are going to go and do our own thing because in the previous chapter mm -hmm. he has left the state and narrow way mm -hmm. the state and narrow way of divine contentment the state and narrow way of being satisfied with the physical things he had he did not he he, he allowed greed which is usually on the highway which is usually on the Broadway, which is usually a popular thing. He allowed that. And remember, he did not even tell Elisha. He did not go to Elisha and say, Elisha, go away. Why did you allow this Syrian general to go Scott's king? Why did you collect things from his hand? He took it upon himself to go and collect um, secretly from Neyman. So, for me, I kind of like these sons of prophets that they took permission. They told Elisha, they said, see, this place is small for us. Please, let us go to Jordan. Meaning, let us go to Jordan. It's actually River Jordan we were talking about. And let every man take a beam from there. And let us make there a place where we may dwell. So they were asking for permission. They needed, they didn't just go on their own. They recognized, for me, as I study that scripture, I'm kind of seeing Elisha as representing God. Seeing that these, these brothers were interested in doing the will of God, but they will not just do it, they will not just um, go and do this on their own. They will ask for permission. They will say, Lord, please, this place is small. The same way me and you can look at our Christian service and say, God, I think there's capacity to do more. There's capacity to expand what you are doing, Lord. Allow us to go and do more for you. And if you see the, the, the request, when they said, let us go, the response was go. So Elisha said, no problem, you can go. But knowing, to show you where their heart is, and I thank God for, for me, I thank God for these sons of prophets. They had a good heart. They were interested in expanding their dwelling place. For me, it looks like they were, they were, you know, if you expand your dwelling place, if you expand your dwelling place where you are staying, that means you have a capacity to accommodate more. So they were interested maybe in bringing more sons of the prophets. 
they wanted to get space so that more people can come and learn of God the way they were learning from Elijah. And you see, for me, there's nothing wrong with that desire. That we are trusting God to do more for him. I remember, even for Jesus, I remember when Jesus preached me a place. I can't, I can't be sure now. I'll try and remember the scripture. The people, okay, yes, it was in Mark. Is it Mark chapter 1? When Jesus had finished healing people overnight, and the Bible said, he woke early in the morning to go and pray. And people were looking for Jesus. And then the disciples came to him, Master, people are looking for you. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I need to go to the other villages and towns also. So Jesus did not just stay in one place. Jesus did not allow that people will camp him somewhere and he remains in that one place. He needs to do more. So you see Jesus traveling around. Maybe we should confirm that scripture. Mark chapter 1. It's just to show that doing more for God and trusting God for more capacity to do more is a glorious and a divine desire. Mark chapter 1. So, let's go down to verse. If you read from verse... Um, Yes, from verse 35. So Jesus had been casting out demons, healing the sick the night before, or the day before. And in verse 35, the Bible says, Now in the morning, Ammon risen a long while before daylight. He went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They found him. They said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Look at what Jesus said. But he said to them, Let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose I have come. So Jesus did not stay in Capernaum. This happened in Capernaum. Jesus, yes, people were looking for him. See? The desire of people looking for him in that particular locality would not stop Jesus from going to the next town also and share the gospel. So, what exactly am I trying to drive at? I'm just saying that a desire to do more for God is a glorious and a divine desire. As long as that desire is not bound, is not born out of a selfish desire to make a name. Jesus did not stay in Capernaum. The Bible said in verse 39, he was preaching and was throughout all Galilee. Jesus wanted to do more. And beloved brethren, there's nothing wrong for us to, by the grace of God, 
as God directs and as God wills, that we also do more for Him. So, Joe Akin, Akin, this, this looks the opposite to me. This looks like they want to make a, a village, uh, make a houses, make, be stationary. And um, whereas, you know, Jesus said that he has no place to lay his head. Whereas yes. these guys, they're building themselves houses and homes. And this isn't about going, this is about staying. Yes. Um, uh, so, and, yes. And, and if I understand right, one of the, the, the third verse, which we haven't got to, but... And one said, I believe, to Elisha, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants, and be and he answered, I will go. He wasn't going to go with them. They were going to go off. He was going to send them off to do that. And he was going to carry on doing his ministry and his preaching. And it looks to me more like they were, they, they found his, shall we say, I can't think of a better way, his poverty gospel, going on the bare minimum and doing whatever he has to do, same as Gehazi, wanted some creature comforts yeah. um, sort of thing. And these guys did as well, but they'd seen what happened to Gehazi, so they thought they'd try their luck. They place to live themselves. Yeah, so, okay, why do you think the man of God went? Because maybe he was convicted a bit, that he was actually, um, um, should we say, un... You know, not everybody has got as much conviction as everybody else, yeah? Okay. So maybe he was giving them some grace. Okay, so you, so you think that that action of trying to expand the place where they were staying was a wrong desire, to have more people? Were they, have they expanding it or are they going to another place to set up home? Yes, so they were going to set up Building home. a school, building so, a school maybe. So they were going to set up home near the River Jordan. That yeah. is, is very is very symbolic for me. True. Yes, because a river is not is a place for there is vegetation there, there is um, pasture there, there is um, they have water access. Now that's the physical, but the spiritual. The Bible says, "The righteous shall be like one planted." by the rivers of water whose season whose leaves are always green i'm just i'm just looking at it from yeah. the point that so, so, you have yes so elisha was should we say being over overzealous in his um in his um well, poverty but in his in his simple life in his simple life, you know, no script, no, um, you know, no extra clothing, no extra, yes. you, know, light, you know, light on his feet, easy to move around, those yes. But, you see, at times, at times, I, I must put it back, uh, well, I, yeah, yeah. I've come to know that. At times, even when you start that way, the purpose for expansion, at times God wants to bring you up on a very simple lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So that even when he expands what you are doing, you will still maintain a simplicity. Okay. You will see it with Jesus. That Jesus was simple. But Jesus had access to talk to people like Nicodemus. He had dealings with people who were rich in that sense. But the riches did not make any meaning to him. He still mm -hmm. maintained in simplicity. So you have you have people like um, you know 
who was this lady who had access to the high priest? Um, there was a lady, you know, there was this lady who, when Jesus was arrested, um, allowed Peter. Can I go there, please? Let me just check. Did not John that's known to the high priest? John, John was known. Was it John? Yeah. Okay. Who? Known to the high priest, so he could go in. But yes. Couldn't. Exactly, and that was how. Um, was it Peter was able to be in the courtyard? He was, yeah. Yes. So, you see, the way I see it is, even if you have access to wealth because of your Christian relationships, you still maintain simplicity. It doesn't make you leave the track of the, of the, of the lifestyle, of, of a simple lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Jesus had okay. We, we did, the Bible did not record it very clearly about his relationship with Joseph of Arimathea. But Joseph of Arimathea was a disciple. It was Joseph of Arimathea's contact that he was able to make with Pilate that they released the body of Jesus to him. Mm-hmm. All I'm just saying is. Even God is teaching us, of course, and I agree with you, that God is teaching us to be simple, to be moderate, not to be flashy. But at times, opportunities arise when you have access to those things. But you will still maintain your simplicity. Mm-hmm. You just like you now, Kevin. If you are a simple man, as God has helped you, you are a simple man, then they invite you. To an international gospel ministers conference mm-hmm. in Ohio, um, in, in in Florida, for instance, and they in a five star hotel. Your room is bigger; is twice your lounge. Your bathroom alone is four times your lounge, mm-hmm. and they invite you for breakfast. And your breakfast alone can feed, in fact, your breakfast is like a buffet. They put um, egg and bread. Is this a prophecy, by the way, Akin? Is this a prophecy? Is this a prophecy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making an, doing an illustration. They brought uh, fried, um, um, uh, what's it called? Toasted bread, white bread, brown bread, um, wheat bread, and they put scotch egg, scrambled egg, um, which other egg is there now? <laughs> and then poached egg, yes, exactly. Then this fruit salad is of various types. Now, remember, you are a simple man. Will you say, Ha, God, I thank you. This is this is the glory that you have been talking about, you will bring me into. <laughs> or you see, because you are simple, because your heart and your stomach has been trained to be simple. You go and eat what is necessary for you. That's all. You will not say, wow, only me this breakfast. Then you start picking. You pick the scotch egg. You finish eating it. You say, no, let me try the poached and the scrambled combined together. Then for, for, for fruit salad, you pick pineapple, orange, 
um, 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 passion fruit, this fruit, that fruit, and you mix everything up. All because you've not eaten it before. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. At times, they can, you can be found, you can find yourself in a big and lavish environment, but you still make this. You will not be greedy. You will still maintain the principles on which you have grown in your life. So that's what happens. At times, you know, even in Christian ministry, you can, because of your faithfulness, God can commit more. Remember what um, God in that uh, Jesus in that parable taught was teaching. Remember that man, the servant who was faithful with five talents. The Bible said, let people in little who shall commit much is the principle of God. He can do it, but he will not do it so that you his intention of increasing your capacity is not so that you lose your soul. He's just committing more to you because you have been found faithful. The same faithfulness you applied in looking after little is the same faithfulness you use to look after much. So at times it happens. I mean, I remember when they invited me to a church in Holland and I went and they were inflating me beyond who I am. I have to tell them, I said, please, I am a, a brother like you. Don't carry me up and down. In fact, when the brother was going to immediately I finished preaching, he said, No, please, man of God, you need to come to this place. I said, Let me be among brethren. I'm a brother like you. Don't segregate me. I'm not a masquerade. I'm not, I'm not beyond who I am. I am also a brother like you. So don't don't elevate me. <laughs> you know? So just God trying to show us that even when there are big opportunities. We shouldn't take advantage of people. We should still maintain our simplicity. We shouldn't change who we are. Yes, exactly. I shouldn't become somebody whereby before you see me, you are seeing me fully now. And then when I have, when I've become, I'm traveling up and down, and then I now produce, like we're talking about the NHS, and now you want to see me, and I say, no, you need to see my first private secretary, my second private secretary, then you fill a form, and then you go through security, and then when security vets you, then you can see me. That is not, that is not right. That is not, that's not the simplicity. That security guard. Yes, all those things. It's not necessary. You know, Jesus, as important and as, um, busy he was they still needed somebody to point him out to the people who were arresting that this is jesus he was still like the other brethren he wasn't different from peter in that sense he was still like the other brothers you know so it's it's just that um that understanding that we should always carry, that we are not, we are only eating vessels. I mean, it wasn't white, the blue eyes. <laughs> yes. All these special things that, oh, Jesus was, uh, was, um, was a special human being. His head was, was big. His, his neck was long. All those things. I don't see it in the Bible. I tell you in the Bible that he was not, I remember it says, but he was, he was unassuming. Yes, exactly. He wasn't, he wasn't. Not attractive to look at. Yeah, exactly. that's 
Uh, no, no, no. It was. I, I, well, I think it was general. But it's a good point. But I think it was a general thing that he, his, he wasn't. He wasn't the most handsomest person yes, exactly. in town. Point him out. That's that's what I see there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's all true. But I, I don't. I don't find that's 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 additional to what we're seeing here. Yeah. I would have said that's additional truth uh, to to the specific example of these guys going and creating, you know, up a, a monastery, if you want to put it that way, or maybe a Bible no, I understand. Or, or, and, and, and food to go with it, because you're right, they're by the river, so they should be able to grow their own crops and be self-sustainable and, and things like this. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a change of venture for Elisha by the looks of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, so I, I just say... Can I say something? Yes. Yes. Okay, sorry. Um, it's just maybe another way, well, another, the way I think of it sometimes is that um, the, the, the young prophets, they showed initiative in their own growth and development. Because sometimes, you know, it reached, has nothing really else to learn, per se, you know, except to keep, keep moving with God and, you know, doing his work. And so he doesn't, but the young people that are still learning sometimes need to take initiative for their own uh, learning and development. And if someone shows initiative like that, the teacher is always very happy to oblige. Mm -hmm. But I think knowing what we know of Elisha, it's not going to go with them if if it's not godly, if it's not a godly thing to do. Mm. Um, if it's not approved by God, um, it's not afraid to to stand alone and you know disagree with his followers. So it's a bit like you know kids. You you you're cooking for them every day, and then one day they say, "Oh, please, can I cook today?" Of course, you let them do it because they're showing interest in. In growing, so when they saw that the place that they they used to meet was too small and too tight for them, even if the master didn't notice it, they had that desire to move to a bigger place to expand, uh, so that you know they could continue their learning in a more you know comfortable environment, one and an environment that has potential for. Uh, in their numbers, so so I, I think personally we shouldn't stop growing as Christians and shouldn't stop desiring to expand in our um, knowledge of Him and in our service of Him. Um, I don't know about the physical side of things because I mean, if we if we move forward in our relationship with Him, we expect that. His blessings we follow, in, in you fact, know, and He will supply our needs, our needs according to His riches. But as we grow in Him spiritually and expand in our knowledge and our service for Him, then whatever resources we need will be provided as well. And that showed in this story because you know the the, the guy lost the the axe head into the water and. Because they had the master's, the teacher's approval and his presence with them, he could help them when they got stuck, when there was a need. So, yeah. You know, what you said about expansion, 
we saw it even in the church, in the early church. For the apostles, the Bible said the disciples multiplied. And when disciples multiply, resources multiplies. You don't even need to pray about it. People will bring resources. They will say, ah, I have this land. That was what was happening. They did not preach. They didn't, Peter didn't get up to preach about it and say, um, you guys, we need money. No. People voluntarily went and sold their land and brought the money for the good of the brethren. That's what happens when people are being taught the word of God and they are growing in the things of God. They suddenly discover and they say, hang on this land. It has just been there. I've not built anything on it. It's a waste. These are people that need food. Why don't I go and sell it and bring the money so that they can provide for it? They can provide for the brethren that need help. So everywhere I've seen it, it's not just in the Bible, even in physical terms. Everywhere people are growing in the things of God. Material resources follows. Because where the heart is, where the heart there, their treasure is. <laughs> but again, the material resources to build the kingdom of God will come, not necessarily to make your life comfortable. Yes. It's yeah. to do more because, for him. Because otherwise we get into the Job story of the, the more money you've got, the more godly you are. Which no. I know is not what you're suggesting, but it, no, it, no. Not it, at could, all. it could be misconstrued that way. If we're yes, not I understand what you're saying. I understand. So, like now, like I was saying, that even if they had a bigger place, it's so that they can accommodate more people. That's my thinking. So that they can, they can keep pushing what God is doing in those lives to more people. You know, I like, I, I like what Funky said about the fact that um, the servants had, were actually teaching, if you want to be Elisha to some degree, that... Uh, he, he, there is a need to take care of the needs mm -hmm. um, of the of the of the, the sons of the prophets and himself to some degree. And although he initially wasn't going to go, had no intention of going, he was encouraged to do so, and he agreed to go. So I like that. What because said. of initiative of the yeah, the, their initiative to, to and, and to well to challenge him in some ways, but to yes. to you know and to ask him respectfully, as you said. So that's all good, and by and through it, maybe maybe he learned. Hopefully, mm. hopefully more godly things. It wasn't wasn't led yeah. astray. Hopefully, yeah. he was. Um, only time will tell, I suppose. Really, mm. maybe we'll talk about that later on. So that's good. Uh, and then we get to the axe, and we'll wait for that. And we'll wait. For that. <laughs> Before we get to the axe, you know, we talked about the fact that um, they asked Elisha and said, "Yes, well, you've given up permission to go, but actually." We want you to come with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the question I was asked, I asked myself was, if Elisha said, no, I'm not going, do you think from what these people, the nature they had by asking for permission, do you think they would have gone ahead? No. I don't think so. That's good. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Elisha said, no, I'm not following you, well, he would just call them, no, sorry. The oh, no, so he could have said, no, you can't go, and then yes. they would have stayed. He could have said yes, which he did, and not yes. gone with them. 
Yes. I, I think they would have stayed if he would have stayed. Exactly. If he if if hadn't gone with them, yeah. Gone with them. You know, so when he answered, I will go, it was an assumption. So the Bible said he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, and for me, like I said, the Jordan is symbolic for me that they went by a river. And as I, like I said earlier, as I thought about it, I saw that they wanted to make their dwelling next to a river. And you know that scripture is in, um, is it in, in Psalm 1? Yeah. Talking about the righteous. Let me just read it quickly. That's Psalm 1. Water. He, yeah. He said in verse 3, talking about the righteous. Let me read it from verse 2. He said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. It shall be like a river planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever it does shall prosper. So you see these brethren going to stay next to a river. The beam they were going to use they were going to use wood they were going to use to build a bigger place they would get it from the river source of nourishment water they would get it from that river and you know like Kevin you alluded to even their crops and all the things they would need they would get it from that river but that river for me is symbolic that river symbolizes the river flowing from God's presence that you want to drink from. You want in source of life. And everywhere they, they usually say it. You know, the people, scientists are talking about uh, oh, going to Mars and they are asking, looking for signs of water. Anywhere there is water, there is a sign of life. So these brothers, these brethren, wanted to stay near water. And it's very reassuring and it's a lesson for me as well that I should not be conscious of the fact that I want to stay near God's presence. I want to stay near where I will keep my life nourished all the time. Like the scripture says here about um, the scripture says here about the righteous. They said it shall be planted by the rivers of water. That's where the righteous is because his delight is in the word of God. Because his delight is in the word of God, that's where he wants to plant his life. Near God. Near where he can be nourished consistently. His soul. Now, so just a bit of geography. I am... Um because uh, I was looking to see where Elisha was living. So they, they came to the door of Elisha. So he had a house. Yes. He had a house, which he may have been sharing with all the sons of the prophet. I don't know. Yes. Um, and he said, go and, and, and wash in the River Jordan. Mm-hmm. So, and I presume it wasn't that far away anyway. Yeah. Do we know where Elisha's house might have been? Was it actually in, well, Jerusalem? It wasn't Jerusalem, was it, where he went to see the king? Where did he go and see the king? Where the king was... When he came, well, no, that's the king of Syria. When he came to see, this is the previous chapter. Yes. Uh, 
and told his lord saying no um, he brought the letter to this is verse 6 to the king of Israel saying so I don't know where the king of Israel would have been living would he have been in Jerusalem yes well that was where I I would that he would mm. he would mm. he would be the king of Israel would be um so, I mean Jerusalem is a little way away from the Jordan isn't it uh, yeah not, yeah it's, it's not it's not in the same place it's not in the same vicinity at all in fact we can check that let me just quickly mm. um let me see I think the prophets were at Jericho Okay. From uh, Kings two Kings two five. Mm -hmm. A little, little bit of an irrelevant detail, but just interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, because there's quite a distance. Let me see. Um, I'm looking at the map now. Um, it's about just the Jordan and Jerusalem. It's about 503 kilometers. It's a long journey for, yeah. um, for him to go and have it. Because he washed and came back again. You know, I'm surprised he bothered to come back. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's what gratitude does. Gratitude. It's what, 500 kilometers. How long would that take? Six hours, according to what I saw here. Six hours? If you drive. If you drive, if you drive yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> you drive. On the map that I saw on Google Maps. <laughs> and they were not driving then. It was a chariot. Mm. You know, so gratitude for Neyman, what he did was that he was... He was grateful for what had happened, so he went back, which is which is um, a lesson. Remember the the ten lepers that Jesus mm -hmm. healed. Mm -hmm. The Bible said only one came back. Maybe the others looked as if going back again. Anyway, God understands, <laughs> you know. So it's. It's quite reassuring, and it's a lesson to learn when it comes to the issue of gratitude. Being, mm -hmm. being, being grateful for all God has done. So, um, they went to Jordan, and they were cutting down trees. Mm -hmm. so, five, but as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. So we notice here that they were all cutting trees. And the first thing that I can I can glean from that story is that imagine all those men, you know, cutting down trees. They were, you know, for me, I don't think they will have been sad cutting down trees. The spirits in the camp of points men would have been wonderful oh they'll be saying ah that's good you know they'll be looking forward to building this new place which is good 
But the Bible said one of them. You see, for me, it's very important that your corporate um, spirit, corporate hard work, corporate passion should not be equated to one person's man. What am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say that, you see, when you are in a group, it's easy to be infected by the spirit within that group. If something is wrong with you, most times you will you will just go under the cover of the corporateness of that group. So, for instance, now, they were cutting trees. The Bible said one man's axe head fell into the water. An axe head does not just fall into water. Axe head would have been loose. And he that was the man cutting the tree would have noticed that ah, this thing is loose. And ideally, you should just stop and say, hang on, my accent is loose. I need to correct it. I need to attach it properly. But because, you know, this is just how I am um, imagining the situation and just thinking about it and meditating about it. The, the mood in the camp was, praise the Lord, praise Him. In his hand. You know, they have just been walking. Everybody excited because they are building this big place. But there was something wrong with one of them. And that one person could not stop and say, hang on, you guys, I can't continue cutting. Let me go and make sure my accent is attached properly. But he continued. An accent does not just fall. It would start, first of all, become loose. And then it will fall off. I mean, I remember when I, we used to use this pole. Sorry, I don't know what's... Michael's Michael, can you mute? Oh, okay. You know, it was... It was... Um, when I was younger, when we used to use this hole, hole for farming, there's the metal bit and the wooden bit. And when you are using the hole, you keep using it. After some time, if you keep hitting stones as you hope, there is that attachment between the wooden part, which is the hole itself, and the wood and the wood and the, and the metal hand sorry, the wooden handle and the metal bit becomes loose. And before you know it, if you continue like that, one strike, you just notice that the metal part flies out. <laughs> was what was happening but it doesn't just happen you notice that it's getting loose and you see even for us as believers our attachment to god when our closeness to god is becoming lax or is becoming loose that is the time to say hang on god i'm going to stop here help me I will not, ideally, one should not continue. You need to wait and say, hang on, let me get this corrected. Let me reattach myself to my Savior again so that I can continue working for Him. 
let me not be you know, from him so that I can keep using him. Sorry, not using him in that sense, but I can keep, keep being effective for him. And one of the reasons why at times the axe head becomes loose is because the axe head can go blunt. And when the access is blunt, it is not cutting. It is just hitting or you are finding resistance. It's not actually cutting the wood because it's gone blunt. You see, one thing leads to another. When your accent is blunt, it leads to your attachment going loose. And then it falls off. And so that's why we cannot afford to uh, um, ignore this thing that was happening to this man. And the wooden handle can get too dry as well. Exactly. <laughs> the wooden handle. The wooden handle gets really, really dry. Yes. So the, the the place of attachment becomes too small for that um or too loose exactly too loose for that for that handle that wooden part to stay. So spiritually, how does this apply to us? The prayer is God, can I maintain my attachment to you? Because you see, if I am not meant if my attachment is not strong it's not i'm not made i'm not properly attached to god i can't cut anything in the spirit i can't do what i'm meant to do in the hand of god when my attachment to jesus is loose i can't do much for him i must own up and say lord can i just relax can break so that my attachments can be strong again so that I can actually do more for you. Look at this operation here, this this uh, building operation they were having. Immediately that man's accent fell in the water. <laughs> he shouted. The Bible said he cried. Alas, master, it was borrowed. You know. Why did he cry? Why did he not just say, you guys, hang on, hang on. My um, accent just fell. Maybe I'll have to go and borrow another one. He cried. He shouted. He saw the, the, he saw the ramification of only carrying a piece of with no accent. Remember, it was the accent, the main cutting edge of the axe that fell. It could not function with ordinary wood. Wood would not cut anything. If a man loses God in his life, if a man suddenly loses the presence of God in his life, he is only a piece of wood. He comes nothing spiritually. He cannot do anything. But remember, before that accent fell, it was first of all becoming loose. It was first of all blunt. He didn't address those situations. And then suddenly it fell in water. That's why. If you remember Samson. Do you remember Samson? Samson had been misbehaving. Had been misbehaving. And he got to the point where his, 
his um, hair was cut. And then, when they shouted, the Philistines are upon you, he got up and was going to shake as he used to be. The Bible said he did not know that the Lord had left him. For the Christian, there are steps, or should I call it missteps, that that Christian has been taking, that has led to him missing out on God. We should not get to the desperate point of everything has scattered, then we shout, shouting, we start crying. He should have stopped cutting and said, Ah, brethren, I need to stop here. I can't continue cutting. And you can imagine, they will ask, Why? My accent is loose. I need to reattach it. Health a risk. Yes, exactly. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> imagine if that accent did not fall in water and it flew off his handle and hit another brother. Are we not going to be dealing with head injury? <laughs> Next to the Jordan. And I know what happens if a metal thing hits a man's head. Internal breathing. He loses consciousness. Think we are looking for a neurosurgeon to decompress blood from the brain. It's dangerous. In fact, for that, for that asset to fall into water, I just saw it as God's mercy. <laughs> that somebody's carelessness is not affecting others. You know, so the, the, the thing I'm seeing here is for me to be attentive to my to my work with God, for me to be conscious of my attachment, my union with Christ. So sense that I'm becoming loose, I'm becoming detached from him. I must cry and say, God help me. Reattach me again. And look at what the man of God said. Where did you go? Can I stop you? Just, um, I'm really interested in what you've got to say about the fact that it was borrowed. Yes. Have you got any more wisdom about that? Because yes. my head goes down a number of different routes regarding yes. so, the fact So the way I'm seeing it is every, 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 every opportunity to be with God is actually borrowed. What I'm saying is this. If the fact that we have come to know Jesus is wonderful, and it is a glorious thing that we are, we, God in mercy has given us opportunity to serve him and to be with him. But let's remember that that opportunity is to do, is to work for God, is to serve him. It's not an opportunity to just relax and say, well, and, and that's it. No. The time you have, the grace of God you have on your life was borrowed. God lent it to you so that you can put it to use. Like those talents. Remember those talents? The talents were for the master. He gave it to the servants to go and do business with. It's not actually their talents in that sense. It's the Lord's talents. The Lord only lent it to them so that they can go and use. And to show you that it's not their own, God called them back to give account. That's why when he shouted, it was borrowed. He knew 
taking that opportunity to serve God in that capacity, that grace that he had to be cutting down trees, the fact that he had a, an axe head, the accent of God upon his life was borrowed. It was for use. And heaven was going to ask him and say, I gave you an axe. What did you use it for? Where is the axe? It's the same thing for us. Our this life. Yes. This is, this is a great example of, I don't know what we were looking at the other day, but so often when we look at stories in the Bible, we can judge characters and judge situations on the basis of our fallen expectation. What I mean by that is that we live in a fallen world and this world operates in a fallen way. And when you look at some of these stories, uh, you know, histories, um, we can actually misinterpret them because we misinterpret them from a, a fallen position, you know, where, where we know how we behave and how we operate as as fallen people, you know, saved by grace but still fallen. And, and when I read this, it's a while ago, well, not too long ago as well, but even the second or third time or whatever it is, is that it made me think of where never, never borrow or lend a bee, right? Because it gets you into trouble, basically. Okay. Uh, you borrow stuff from somebody and you're worried that it's going to break or you're going to lose it, or you should be worried anyway. Not everybody is. Not everybody treats someone else's stuff better oh. than their own. Yeah. But you do in my family. If you borrow something, you treat it better. Mm. And if it breaks, you'll replace it even if it's not your fault, yeah. and quite often what you're using is substandard. Mm. It's not good quality. You borrow it has got a loose head on it, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. So it wasn't fit for purpose anyway when you got yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I was reading this in the context of, mm. is that the guy borrowed an axe, which wasn't his. He, um, he didn't take good care of it, or, or mm. he didn't make it better in that sense. He didn't make it safe for use. Mm. And then the head fell off and he'd lost it, and he was going to have to pay for something anyway mm. to replace it. He was going to have to pay to replace it, so mm. borrowing it wasn't a good idea in the first place. Mm. That was, but this is a worldly position of what life is like yeah. in this world. It's got nothing to do with God, <laughs> apart from the fact that we're living in a fallen world. Mm. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for for trying to get us away from judging everything from a fallen mindset. Yeah, it's, um, you know, like you said, looking at things in that perspective should only drive us to actually yearn for God more. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, you were talking about living the simple life. It's that simplicity. This this example, this story gives us an idea into the simple life we've been talking about. You know, if he had his own axe head, maybe looking at it from the worldly point of view, you look after it. <laughs> it's my own. I will look after it. And I remember. I don't know if you remember that scripture that um, there was this unfaithful servant who was looking after his master's. Um, things, but he did not look after it properly. And Jesus was explaining. He said, if you look, if you do not look after another man's um, property, who will give you your own? Usually, God always tests us on, on how he's going to commit things into our hands. If you have been faithful, looking after another man's thing, 
most likely you will look after yours very there's a very strong chance that you will take care of yours you will be a good manager if the property wasn't yours but you look after it so do you think that i mean i'm just came to me that alludes to the that, that, i mean we're always going to be stewards in this lifetime yes, right? yes. always true yes. but jesus says i go to prepare a place for you mm. which sounds like it is for us as yes. opposed to it will be ours in that yes. sort of sense yeah and i've never really thought of that before mm. never really thought yeah, that. because it will be us at the end of the day yeah you know so for this for this man who was using said that the head you know for me i think before that head became even loose it was already blunt it wasn't cutting anything it was just struggling and i remember asking to ecclesiastes it says if the axe is blunt you will apply more strength to it because imagine using a blunt knife well we were talking about the soul before when we just we used the scripture for the soul yes you need, you need to sharpen it before you exactly I have to add it. Um, uh, yes. Just drawing a little bit in here. Yes. As you were saying at the beginning, it was like the the students, the prof, prophets, were very passionate, were very excited about mm. what they were going to do, mm. and um, I take it as they were also enthusiastically chopping and chopping and chopping, mm. and it was overworked. It <laughs> was overworked that it kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for. I, I was just seeing the other way that actually, yes, the the point where you need to stop and take a break or mm. something like that. Mm. But it could also be because he was he overworked the tool. Yes. And, uh, I mean, it, it, because the I mean the the man of God, you know, kind of was there to rest you so that mm. he could continue, mm. uh, continue chopping the trees with uh, with the axe. So mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, like, actually, we could see another side of, of the story was the mm-hmm. man was so enthusiastic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and overworked the tool. <laughs> That's my, my, uh, my view. <laughs> it's possible as well. Is, you know, is that not a lesson for us too, that I need a break. <laughs> we need a break to sharpen our lives again. Mm-hmm. That's right. Recharge. You can't just be going, exactly. Recharge. You can't just be going and going and going. You, at the end of the day, your your axe will go blunt then because it's blunt it's not going to cut anything then you will apply more energy yeah 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 and that will wear you out even more and then you'll be gone <laughs> and then you'll just lose the accent entirely so that's actually honestly that's a lesson for us that we have to be we have to be conscious about retreating in god's presence for refreshing Yes. our lives are fresh mm-hmm. so be effective so that if you are going to cut down a tree in 10 strikes because your axe head is sharp why should i use 100 strikes and at the end of the day i will not even cut down the tree and, and even jesus had to rest you know, you didn't rest for long. He often went and prayed for all night, but, uh, yeah. but he rested from the work that he was doing. He rested from the work. He withdrew. Mm-hmm. And at times, and he also encouraged the disciples, you know, he would tell them, come away for a mm-hmm. He would literally, I, I remember when he finished feeding the, 
the five thousand mm-hmm. in John chapter, in John chapter six. I think it's John chapter six. He was the one personally to engage in order to allow the disciples rest. He personally drove away the crowd. Mm-hmm. He said they should go so that the disciples could go come away. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus was proactive in the issue of resting, even in spiritual work, we too need to take that cue. But I have been cutting and cutting and cutting. I need a resharpening in your presence. So we're going to go back to the Sabbath then, are we? <laughs> <laughs> that would be very good. Yeah. <laughs> we should actually practice it. It's the event for, for a reason. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be Saturday or Sunday or something, but just taking time out to yeah. not keep going on and on and on. Yeah, I agree. But if, if, if it took time to refresh and take stuff, Oh, no, that the accent was loose. Exactly. And you can do work on the work on this. On the, Amen. Exactly. Um, and, and a good way to know when things. Anyway, everyone should know when things are going wrong for them. I think we're all different, and we have different capacities, I guess. But yeah. when you start getting, for me, it's when when they start getting snappy and you. Um, as they're doing the work, and they're like, "Oh, this is what you know. What's this? What's that?" You know that. Okay, it's time to rest. Mm-hmm. Take a break or take a step back. <laughs> Some you start making mistakes, or, or mm-hmm. so, you know, it's different things. It's knowing yourself, knowing when you think, "No, this is time to just take a step back." Um, and well, I think working as a locum it really helps to to be aware of that because you. You don't um, book and or leave with anybody, you know, you don't have to do that. Yes. So if you don't take those breaks deliberately, you find that you're just going on and on and on. And then, so I know, you know, after a few months, you know, that I'm starting to actually feel it because there's no joy anymore, you know, in going to work and you feel overwhelmed by everything. And that's when you know that, no, I need to take block out the next week or the next two weeks so I can take a break. So, so the man of God asked him, where did it fall? You need to, I get you. It's not, it's as if, yes, God knows everything. But God will own take responsibility. Where did that accent fall? Where at what point did you miss it? This general prayer of oh God help me, you know, I'm a sinner, da da da. What did you do that you that you saw that ah I missed it at this point? God wants us to be particular, God wants us to be to take responsibility. So when they were asking where did it fall, it's so that he too will know. Because it is where he fell, where that accent fell, that the man of God was going to throw the stick. And I, I just see it as you remember what um, when the when Adam and Eve had committed sin, the first question when God came asking was where are you? Where are you? That was very specific and particular because God wanted to know where they were. Normally, 
at the cool of the day, I know that God will come with them. But they were missing on that day. So God asked, called out, Adam, where are you? It's like God saying, what did you do? It's like when Elisha was asking Gehazi, very clearly, no ambiguity. Where did you go? Remember, in that, in chapter 5, he said, I did not go anywhere. <laughs> I did. You know, when they asked him, where did you go? He said, I didn't go anywhere. I think it was just an opportunity for Gehazi to own up and say, ah, actually, I went and collected gifts from Naaman. So when he said, your servant did not go anywhere, Gehazi, um, Elisha said, did my spirit not follow you when you when the man came down from his chariot to talk to you? So that opportunity to own up was what I saw God was trying to teach even in that still now when Elisha told the young man where did you where did this thing fall when did I actually miss it what did I stop doing that has made me detach from my savior what did I do and I did not own up to that has now led to this cascade of events God wants us to take responsibility so that we can truly repent, so that we can truly own up and then move on with him. The man has said, well, I'm actually not sure where the thing, you know, the water is just flowing. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where. That, you know, because if you look at, if you think about this scientifically, because the iron is a heavy metal, it is where that thing fell that it will sink. It will, it will just sink straight to where, to that spot. It's iron. It's very unlikely that the tide of the, of the river will carry the iron away. It's because it's heavy, it will sink. That was why I had to ask him specifically, where did it fall? Because it is where it fell that it will rise. I like the idea of where you're saying about, you know, pinpoint where you first started to drift away, mm. where you first, you know, backslide, mm. where you first your heart came out of alignment with God. Mm. So to pinpoint where, where that point was when you did. I like that. I like that idea. It is so important because we can, we can easily retrace our steps and to take notes so that we will not fall fall again in that way. It helps us. It, it, you know, the Bible says we should we should check ourselves. We should re-examine ourselves to see if we are still in the faith. If so that we will not be reprobates, so that we will not be rebels. It's always good to check. There is no everlasting man. We have to keep checking our lives and ensuring that we have not missed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you get overconfident, beware lest you fall. Yes. Beware lest you fall. And we know, we always know, you know, if we, if we look back and think, mm -hmm. you know, that, okay, it's when so-and-so happened or when I took that extra shift or when I met this person or something, 
you know, and then we can retrace. Even magically, you know, from the physical aspect. As a GP, you're talking to someone and they, they're not giving you a clear You know, so I've been ill for a long time. How long? They go, well, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months. You know, you just, one trick I ask is, when, when do you last remember being well? You know, mm. was there a time you remembered that you didn't have this condition? Mm. You know, and then they say, yeah, on my 50th birthday, I think I was full of life. And then we start from there. You know, and um, and, and started with change because if it's you, you approach things differently. If it's a matter of days, weeks, months, or years, so I've had this shoulder pain for five years. You know that, okay? It's probably arthritis, wear and tear. You know, oh, I've had this pain for two weeks and it's really, really bad. Then you start to think, okay, what else is going on here? So that timing really helps. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's gonna help that's gonna help history taking now as well. So look look at the last verse, you know, when he showed him the place and he came to the water and it made it float, the Bible says, Therefore, he said, Pick it up yourself. Elisha was not going to pick it up for him. He needed to pick up that axe head himself. You see, that's another, you know, when God has restored, restored a Christian, restored me when I've misbehaved, he wants me to, from that point, move on. You know, Picking up for me means ah this has this my access has been restored. I now need to re-engage it. I now need to pick it up and attach it. Elisha was not going to pick it and give him a break and say, Don't worry, Awa, you have to pick it up yourself. For me, I see him as taking it's still part of taking responsibility. That yes, God has restored you, but you need to pick up yourself. You don't want to wallow. You see, it is again and again. When you look at the life of um, Judas, and just in a small way, the life of Judas and, and life of Peter, both of them betrayed Jesus. One picked up himself, the other didn't. The other did not come to terms to saying, ah, I'm going to pick up my life again after this restoration. And we saw the different outcomes. So for for um, that instruction, pick it up yourself. God has restored the eye axe head. You can't just keep it there. You have to pick it. Remember, it was borrowed. You are going to give account. Pick it up, re-engage it, and continue your journey with the Lord. And when he picked up that accent, he was literally picking up a miracle in front of his eyes. Yeah. Because... Even with a piece of stick, it would not flow. It would not flow in water. So, so the presence of God or an angel or whatever, mm. you know, you're actually and and we know full well how how um, you know when they they wouldn't go up the mountain, they didn't want Moses to go. There's, there is a huge amount of fear about coming into contact with God. Mm. Yeah, 
and uh, that's what he had to he literally almost take it out of the hand of God in order to pick it up off the water because it shouldn't have shouldn't have floated. So I have got one more question before you do that. Yes. Is that yeah. it's a you know why did he go and cut another stick? The guy had a the guy had a bit of wood in his hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? He had a bit of wood in his hand, but he cut another stick. Yes. And yeah, which of course he presumably borrowed another axe. I don't know, but anyway, he cut another stick off. Any, any, what's that all about? Um, it just shows that you know <laughs> he wasn't going to use the the axe head stick mm -hmm. and throw it into the water to get the axe head. Right. The Bible just say that's God. Well, I don't know. The honestly, I've not thought about that. Why it was a stick. But it's just, for me, it's very interesting that a stick displaced, a stick displaced um, iron. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is God. Wonderful and glorious omniscience way of doing wonders in our lives. That's how I think about it too, that there was yeah. a lot of uh, displacement reaction to yeah. um, maintain the balance in the universe, if you like. Maintain <laughs> some sort of balance that only he knows about. Exactly. And he, you know, few miracles like that in, in scripture, isn't it? That, that he uses some physical thing to do the miracle. Like even just verses before, when the river was bitter, the water. Yeah, exactly. The, the water was of the town was bad. He said, "Put um, salt put in salt, unique roots. and they put salt in, in water. So they should have to, salt salt water there, but they actually had good, you know, good tasty water. And yeah. the one the one we read about the gods. Yeah, exactly. What did he put? Was this the flour? He put flour, <laughs> and that's and that. So well, I, I just. I don't know the answer, but I think it's, it's something to do with maintaining the balance in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it just, you know, what surprises me is opposite reaction. If you wanted to display heavy metal, eh, even if you, if you, if you do, if you, if you just do it as a small experiment, you want to display something from, from another thing. If you drop something like that, to displace it, you know, that, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So I just see God walking beyond our normal thinking, and that's how he. That's how. That's God. He's God. Yeah, it's bigger he's than science. It's bigger than science. Science exactly. can't explain it. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. You yeah. don't use a stick that floats. <laughs> Oh, that's the yeah, other yeah. side we just carry away. You're, tell, you're telling me you can counteract gravity? Yeah. <laughs> gravity is an example many preachers use of not being overcomeful, as it were, sort of yeah. thing, as, as an example of. Yeah. Well, he did counter gravity, but. He just, certainly did. Yes. He certainly did. You, um, and they didn't say what happened to that stick. Did it just float away? What? Or what? You don't know. I wonder. The handle for it. It was actually the new handle. He didn't need the old handle anymore. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, no, don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
It's not dangerous to pick up a, a, an axe head by the head. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't cut you. Yeah. 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 Not a stick. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. It's a miracle. Well, say there you are. There you are. So many miracles. Yeah. But um. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But I would say, are you? How 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 brave are we to engage with a miracle? That was my point about that. This guy had to literally pick up a miracle. Yeah. Which are we willing to engage with a miracle? That's good. We're too clever for ourselves. <laughs> 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 it's good, actually. Okay. You know, and it's just, just maybe because we don't see them as often as maybe recorded in the Bible. But they happen. Miracles happen, I believe it strongly. Yeah. Every day, you know, in little ways, in big ways. You just need to engage with them and have faith. You know, uh, there was once we were asked to pray for someone who had um, pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And immediately I read that email. I thought, oh, God. you know, mm-hmm. from the medical side, you think, oh, no, pancreatic, there's no. You know, immediately I felt a, a, a strong rebuke, actually, that are you saying that God cannot heal pancreatic cancer? Mm-hmm. I have to pray in faith and say, God, I'm really sorry, and please heal this person if it's your will. You know, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I believe you can do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the way. We've got to set aside our own limitations. Um, but that doesn't um, cancel out faith, you know, praying in faith. All he wants us to do is to have faith. Mm-hmm. And the way he heals or the way he answers those prayers is not up to us, you know. You know, he could he could heal that person instantly. It could they could their healing might be something else entirely that we don't know. So just have the faith for it. That is mm-hmm. that is the challenge for us, isn't it? Living in the um, <laughs> um, the domain that we are in or or, you know, the worldview we, we are brought up in, yeah, and more so when we are in the medical do- uh, views that is so, um, how say, so scientifically, mm. um, where they, no, not, everything has to be tested and uh, everything that can be repeated, then it, 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 it is, it is the, the, the answer. And so, but with God's miracle, like this is the one of, you know, can it, can it be repeated? Not in this instance, unless, <laughs> but the miracle, like you said, the many, many, and I think the irony is sometimes a miracle in front of us, uh, it will be explained away. Somehow it's explained away as coincidence or explained away as something else. Do you know what I mean? Remission. Yeah. Remission. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something, something, it's just, just a check, I'm just talking for me, you know, as a Christian, that my challenge, sometimes my eyes are not open to see, you know, that actually this is God's working. Yeah. yeah. Some, something happened, um, I think I tell you, one, one day, one patient that I've been, um, that did not want to know about God because he says God don't answer prayers. It's God is not, you know, she's very angry about life. He's not interested in me. Yeah, or something like that. You know, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't answer about my prayers. So don't talk about God, you know. But one day when I stepped in the situation before I left, she says, you know, this thing about religion, you know, then she would, 
uh, because I, I did tell her like you know I pray for you you know and some stuff and that's the time she just poo 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 you know the not interested. But one day she's she, before I left she said um this thing this religion you know she started talking and about you know something happened uh, that uh, in, in her life where she was so grieved and crying inconsolably you know sort of stuff because her husband is in hospital um, then a, do- a daughter-in-law suddenly appeared you know and, and to her came to her and comforted her and um, this daughter, yeah this daughter-in-law said that you know, she was just doing her laundry at home and uh, suddenly it came on her that she must stop what she's doing and come quickly and see her, you know, sort of stuff. And so that's what she did. She came and uh, came and see her. And she, she this this patient of mine was saying whatever she, she said to me, she was comforted. She stopped crying. And that's where she made a connection. You know, somebody up there must have heard me. So it was like it rekindled something in her. And now, you know, even before I left, she said, do you know, I've forgotten the prayers. You know, I mean, she came from a Catholic background. She was asking me, you know, the prayer book and the uh, lost prayer. The lost prayer and, 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 and the Hail Mary. So I said, I don't do the Hail Marys, but I, I can I can give you the uh, the lost prayer, you know, write it down for her. But what I meant is that I said to be open to make that connection. All right, that here a spiritual opening, soften heart. Now subsequent visits. Now when I talk about prayer, she just she doesn't like dismiss it. I say God is answering prayer, you know, and she will just she doesn't dismiss me now, you know. She's softening. So there you are. Miracles do happen, but it's it's for us to see it. You know? You're mute. You're, you're mute. You're mute God. Exactly. We'll stop here. Yeah. I remember, I remember before you guys came on, uh, myself and Michael were talking about a story of a farmer. <laughs> so before before we, you might not understand, it's a very simple story. Before you came, we said, oh, there are few people. And Michael reminded me of this joke of how a farmer went to the church with his family. And they were the only ones that turned up for service. And the farmer said, and the pastor said, um, oh, there are few. Maybe we should call off this service. And the farmer said, you know, when I go to feed my chicks, I don't say because it's only one chicken that is available. I won't feed. <laughs> so, and this pastor said, okay, fine. We'll hold the service. And he kept preaching and preaching and preaching. And one hour went, two hours went, three hours went, four hours went. And then... <laughs> and then he, the farmer got tired, and then when he finished, when the pastor finished, the farmer went and told the pastor and said, <laughs> you know, when when only one chick comes and I feed the chick, I don't pour every, I don't pour the whole, the whole corn for that one chick. So before before um, Michael starts thinking we are pouring the whole uh, <laughs> bucket of feed the chicken. <laughs> Overload, we're overloaded. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the full bucket. No, that was all right. And we yeah, needed it. And we recorded it. Wonderful. I'm guessing because the little ones are not here today, we were able to go a bit. 
for them. Take some time, isn't it? Yeah. So let's pray. Any prayer points? Well, obviously, that's. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 